Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is The Takeaway. I'm Tracy Hunt from WNYC Studios, in for Melissa Harris-Perry. Melissa is back with you all tomorrow. Good to be with you today. And if you haven't noticed, like, maybe you were busy watching that incredible Rihanna concert in the middle of a football game, it's been a busy weekend up in the North American skies. Specifically, after last week's Chinese balloon incident, other objects have been shot down by American forces. There was one over Alaska, another over Lake Huron, and another object was shot down over the Yukon in Canada. It's a literal trend of UFOs. And they were apparently not just balloons. And we don't know, or at least we haven't been told, whom they belong to or what they were doing up in the sky. It's frustrating. But something we can talk about is how last week's Chinese balloon incident shows us some real issues with U.S.-Chinese relations. And so we're going to talk about it. Beijing violated international law and U.S. sovereignty with the presence of a Chinese surveillance balloon in U.S. airspace. Last Wednesday, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken offered more details about the Chinese surveillance balloon that flew over the continental United States until President Joe Biden ordered a U.S. military jet to shoot it down. There is an ongoing operation to recover the balloon's components. Uh, We're analyzing them to learn more about the surveillance program. And we already shared information with dozens of countries around the world We're doing so because the United States was not the only target of this broader program, which has violated the sovereignty of countries across five continents. Now, that balloon was discovered just a day before Blinken was set to go to China for a high-stakes diplomatic visit. But with tensions rising, that meeting was postponed just hours before Blinken was set to depart. President Biden talked about the issue in his State of the Union address. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world, but make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. And he also called out Chinese President Xi Jinping by name. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. So we wanted to find out more about this. On Monday morning, I spoke with Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. Gordon, when you heard about this Chinese surveillance balloon, were you surprised? I was surprised about the brazenness of the operation. This is flying over U.S. sensitive sites, some of the most sensitive that we have. Um, And I didn't think the Chinese would be that bold. But we do know that China has this balloon surveillance program, and it is quite extensive. But I was just really taken aback by what they thought they could get away with. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how concerned should Americans be about this, actually? We should be extremely concerned. Um, We don't know Chinese intentions here and what happened and what led them to do this. But none of the explanations are good. So, for instance, it's possible that the Chinese military now is so politically powerful that they can do what they want. Or it's because Chinese ruler Xi Jinping 
wanted to humiliate the United States to show the world that we are incapable. But whatever explanation it is, it shows that China is pushing the United States in ways that will have severe consequences. Do we know what kind of surveillance they would have been getting from this balloon? I think that they were looking at our ability um, to launch nuclear weapons. Uh, so, for instance, this balloon hovered over Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana, F.E. Warren, and also Minot. Those are our only three fields for our Minutemen 3 intercontinental ballistic missiles. This balloon passed nearby Offutt Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. That is where Strategic Command is headquartered. And the balloon also passed fairly close to Whiteman Air Force Base, which is the only home to the Air Force's B-2 strategic bomber. Um, So that suggests they're looking at our ability to um, uh, defend ourselves with our deterrent. I'm sure they saw other things as well. Clearly, the Chinese were focusing on uh, that aspect of our military. So according to U.S. intelligence, this Chinese balloon was part of a more extensive surveillance program that spanned five continents. Can you tell us why this would be worth the risk to China? Well, China gathers um, a lot of information. And I think that the Chinese right now, um, one possibility we have to consider is that they do not believe that we Americans are prepared to defend our country. Now, We may think that that assessment is incorrect, but it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter whether the Chinese are wrong. What matters is what the Chinese think. And obviously, they did not believe that it would trigger the reaction that it did, which shows you that Beijing is living in this somewhat parallel universe. And you have a military establishment there that is, uh, I think, getting so powerful that it could uh, push the rest of the country to war. If we want a parallel, look at 1930s Japan, where the army and the navy took over um, the Japanese uh, political system and then uh, plunged uh, the world into World War II. So that's uh, something that we have to be mindful of. Um, So you don't believe that they actually thought this would be the surveillance program would be discovered? Uh, I don't think that they could have thought that this huge balloon carrying a payload, um, which is, you know, three school buses, as it's called, would not be seen. I mean, it can be seen with the naked eye. So clearly um, they they thought that we would discover it. Now, these smaller balloons, um, the ones that we shot down Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Um, We don't know if those are Chinese, but those are so small that they probably thought they could get away with that. Um, And indeed, in the past, they have the Chinese have sent balloons of that size across the U.S. and we did not detect them. We've only detected it now after we've gone back over the radar tapes and uh, looked at the anomalies more closely. So they thought they can get away with the small ones, clearly. President Biden decided to not immediately shoot down this balloon until it had passed over North Carolina and was over the Atlantic Ocean. He cited safety concerns um, and said the balloon did not pose the threat of a major security breach. In your view, should he have shot it down sooner? I think that he should have. There's two issues here, though, Tracy. One of them is that According to the White House, um, the commander-in-chief was not informed of the balloon intrusion 
until the fourth day of the intrusion. And by that time, the balloon had steered over the lower 48 states. Now, Montana is relatively uninhabited, but this balloon could have been shot down over Alaska or Western Canada, which were completely uninhabited. You know, once it got uh, to Montana, um, I would have shot it down um, because the risk of uh, intelligence gathering was large. Um, But I can understand uh, Biden's decision not to do so. But I don't think the administration is correct when they say that uh, the Chinese didn't learn a lot because they learned something really critical, Tracy, and that is they saw the reactions of specific general officers and the reaction of NORAD, North American Aerospace Defense Command, and the U.S. military. And that is invaluable. Mm. Okay, we're talking about last week's China spy balloon incident with Gordon Chang. Stick with us on The Takeaway. The archives at Carnegie Hall hold treasures from our cultural history. In the new podcast, If This Hall Could Talk, we use these items as touchstones to explore how the past shaped the world we live in today. I'm your host, Jessica Vosk, and I'll be joined by historians, performers, cultural critics, and others to look back at the iconic venue's legendary and sometimes quirky history. If This Hall Could Talk, from Carnegie Hall and distributed by WQXR. Listen wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're back with Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China. Help us understand the diplomatic fallout out of this incident. What does this mean for U.S.-Chinese relations? Well, immediately it meant that uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken did not go to Beijing on the trip that was scheduled for the 5th and 6th of this month. That has been, quote-unquote, postponed. I believe that um, it's going to take some time for that trip to be put back together. I think talking to China right now is not the right thing to do. China is not in the mood to talk to us or deal with us in good faith. So sending the Secretary of State to the Chinese capital sends all the wrong message. It it feeds an already inflated sense of Chinese self-importance. And it shows Beijing that there's no cost for um, engaging in provocative activities. Um, We did put five Chinese companies and one research institute on the Commerce Department's entity list. And that's a step in the right direction. But it's Uh, grossly inadequate because China has a doctrine of civil military fusion, which means the military has access to everything any civilian institution has, which means that the military will be able to get whatever it wants, uh, even though these six entities are no longer, can we can no longer deal with them without permission from the Commerce Department. Does this signal a new era in this tension between U.S. and China? That's a great question. President Biden obviously thinks it won't. Um, And I think that uh, the one thing that the president should be criticized for with the Chinese spy balloon incident is um, signaling to China that there'll be no cost of great significance. Because he said on two occasions, including one to Judy Woodruff of PBS, that um, this will not change the nature of China-U.S. relations. This obviously should. Um, considering the belligerent nature of what China did. um, And we should be um, imposing severe costs on China, disproportionate costs on China, to prevent this activity from continuing. How does Taiwan factor into all of this? I think that 
as people have said, Taiwan is now even more nervous um, than it was before the Chinese balloon incident because it showed a flabby um, and clearly inadequate response on the part of the military. It's good that the military um, tightened things up and shot down those three unidentified objects on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which shows that we're learning. Um, but uh, it also shows that the U.S. military um, and the president of the United States are not prepared to deal with the challenges from China. China is much more malicious, much more bold than we thought. And that was clearly evident from the response to the balloon that entered our airspace on January 28th. During his State of the Union address, Biden had this to say about competing with China. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. How accurate is that? That is not accurate. We were much better prepared to deal with China, um, for instance, at the turn of the century when China was not, for instance, in the World Trade Organization. The president talks about China as a competitor. Yes, it is a competitor, but the better term would be adversary. And an even better term than adversary would be the one that the Chinese use for us, which is enemy. People's Daily, which is the most authoritative source in China. When People's Daily talk, China's talking. In May 2019, People's Daily declared a quote-unquote people's war on America. And that's the framework that we should be using to think about our relations with China. The president um, does not view it in those terms, and therefore he is not taking those steps that are necessary to defend us from a hostile Chinese regime. In your view, how should the U.S. proceed on this issue? We need, as I mentioned, to impose disproportionate costs on China because we don't know where those last three balloons came from, but Obviously, China and other parties have more balloons than we have Sidewinder missiles, uh, which cost $400,000 a piece to knock down an object. So I believe that we need to go after China's other means of um, spying against the U.S. So, for instance, they conduct substantial spying activities from their four consulates and the embassy. And I would show the Chinese that this has got to stop by ordering the closure of the four consulates and the stripping down of that big embassy on Connecticut Avenue in Washington by expelling um, most of the diplomats there. We do that, we show China that we are determined to protect ourselves from spying. And yes, that is disproportionate, but this whole notion of proportionality has led us into this disastrous situation where we do not uh, uh, impose uh, costs on China that are meant to stop the Chinese from doing what they're doing, because we can see that that policy, in fact, although it sounds good to the ear, is not working. So we need to try something new, and that something new has got to be more drastic. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. You can find him on Twitter as Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, thanks so much for taking time with us today. Thank you so much. 